This is Getting to Know Your Bible, a program dedicated to the proclaiming of the good news of Jesus Christ. Here's Billy Lambert. It is a pleasure to be with you today on Getting to Know Your Bible, and we do appreciate those of you who are watching today. You may have some watching today for the first time, and we want to welcome you to our telecast. And I'm sure we have those who watch every time we're on the air. Thank you so much for being a part of our program today. Now, today on our telecast, we're going to discuss this Bible subject, Four Pictures of the Gospel. Four Pictures of the Gospel. I hope you'll stay tuned as we discuss that today. Now, on Getting to Know Your Bible, we offer a free Bible correspondence course. I'd like to emphasize the course is free. And we want you to have it along with uh, many thousands of people who have already received it. We'd like for you to be a part of this great effort in studying the Bible. And the more that, in order that you might know more about the course, that you might be able to find out how you can receive this free course, we'd like to pause for just a moment. To help you in your study of the Bible, we want to send you this Bible Correspondence Course. This course is non-denominational, it's based on the Bible, it's conducted by mail, and it's free. To receive this course, write to Getting to Know Your Bible, Post Office Box 314, Somerdale, Alabama 36580, or call toll-free 1-877-711. 5214. I want to read now from the first chapter of Romans, beginning in verse 14. I am debtor both to the Greeks and to the barbarians, both to the wise and to the unwise. So as much as in me is, I am ready to preach the gospel to you that are at Rome also. For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation to every one that believeth, to the Jew first, and also to the Greek. In these few verses, we find the three I am's of the Apostle Paul. Notice them with me. Verse 14, I am debtor. Paul felt that he owed so much to so many. And we as well owe so much to so many. We are debtors. We owe so much to God. We owe so much to the Lord Jesus. We owe so much to those who taught us about God. Those who cause us to become believers in God. We owe so much to so many. Secondly, Paul said, in addition to thy am a debtor, verse 15, I am ready to preach the gospel. And at all times, we should be ready to preach the gospel. 
We should be ready to preach the gospel in season and out of season. We should be ready to preach the gospel when it is convenient and when it is not convenient. We should be ready to preach the gospel when it is easy and when it is not easy. Paul said, I am ready to preach the gospel. Now the third I am of the apostle is found in verse 16. For I am not ashamed of the gospel. I hope today that you are not ashamed of the gospel. It is my prayer that you are not ashamed of the Christ of the gospel. I hope that you are not ashamed of the simplicity of the gospel. It's not some complicated scheme that man cannot understand. It's relatively simple. I hope that you're not ashamed of the church, of the gospel. Paul said, I am not ashamed of the gospel. I, I know this, that if at last I am saved and go to heaven beyond this life, I must do the right thing with the gospel. Paul wrote in 2 Thessalonians chapter 1, beginning in verse 7, And to you who are troubled, rest with us. When the Lord Jesus shall be revealed from heaven with his mighty angels, in flaming fire, taking vengeance on them who know not God, and obey not the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ, who shall be punished with everlasting destruction from the presence of the Lord and from the glory of his power. So I know from reading those passages out of Second Thessalonians chapter 1 that I must do the right thing with the gospel. My eternal salvation depends upon my being obedient to the gospel. It's not going to depend upon how much money I have. It's not going to depend upon how popular I may have been. It's not going to depend upon my looks. It's not going to depend upon the color of my skin. It's not going to depend upon the part of the world in which I live. That which will determine where I live throughout all eternity is what I did with the gospel. Now when we turn to the New Testament, we find four pictures of the gospel. And I want you to think about these four pictures of the gospel. First of all, the gospel is pictured as a great news story. Listen to 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verses 1 through 4. Moreover, brethren, I declare unto you the gospel, which also you have received, and wherein you stand, and by which you're saved, if you keep in memory what I preached unto you, unless you have believed in vain. 
For I delivered unto you first of all how that Christ died for our sins according to the scripture and that he was buried and that he arose again the third day according to the scripture. And in those verses Paul said I preach the gospel to you and you are saved by the gospel and you're saved by the gospel if you, unless you have believed in vain. And he said, in preaching the gospel to you, I preach to you facts about the death, the burial, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Those are the facts of the gospel. The word gospel actually means good news. In reality, the gospel of Christ is a news story. It is a great news story. The gospel is old news, old news. It goes all the way back to the book of Genesis, chapter 3, and in verse number 15, where the Lord made a promise in the early morning of time that he was going to bring a redeemer into the world through the seed of the woman to deal with the problem of sin. I will put enmity between thee and the woman, and between thy seed and her seed. It shall bruise thy head, and thou shalt bruise his heel. Notice the seed of the woman is described as being a a male child. That was an early promise about Jesus Christ coming into the world through the seed of woman without the seed of man being involved, the virgin birth of Jesus Christ for the redemption of the whole human family. Paul said in Galatians 4 verse 4, and when the fullness of the time was come, God sent forth his son, listen to it, made of a woman, made under the law, to redeem them that were under the law, that we might receive the adoption of sons. So Jesus Christ was predicted or promised in Genesis 3.15 as the seed of woman for the salvation of the whole human family. So in that respect, the gospel really is old news, isn't it? But the gospel is also new news. Why well, it tells us about a new heaven and a new earth. It tells us about being a new creature in Jesus Christ, 2 Corinthians 5.17. It tells us about the new birth in John chapter 3, verses 1 through 7. In verse 5, Jesus explained the new birth like this, Except a man be born of water and of the Spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of heaven. The, the gospel is new news in that it tells us about a new life to live. It tells us about a new name to wear. That's the name Christian. It tells us about a new way to speak. Let your speech be always with grace, seasoned with salt. And, and, and the Apostle Paul wrote, it tells us about a new way 
to spend the Lord's day. God is a spirit, and they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. You see, the gospel is new news. But the gospel is also uh, personal news. Listen to the apostle in Galatians 2 verse 20. I'm crucified with Christ. Nevertheless I live, yet not I, but Christ that liveth in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. Paul said, God loved me. God loved Paul. God gave his son for Paul. That's pretty personal, isn't it? And the gospel is personal news. It's personal news. And it is also universal news. In John 12, 32, Jesus said, And I, if I be lifted up from the earth, will draw all men unto me. When Jesus Christ died on the cross of Calvary, when he was lifted up on that cross, it was for the salvation of men universally. For all men is universal news. But this is also the best news anyone has ever heard. That Jesus came into this world, he lived, he died, He was raised from the dead. He returned to the right hand of God. And he's going to return someday. And he's going to take those who serve him faithfully home to heaven with him. Friends, that's the best news I've ever heard. Aren't you tired of bad news? Aren't you tired of hearing all about all of the crime, all of the killing, all of the war, all of the immoral deeds that are being committed today by men. Aren't you tired of all of those kinds of things? Bad news. There's good news. And it's the good news of Jesus Christ. The greatest news story that the world has ever heard. And when Jesus was born... Angels announced his birth and they herald that news saying that peace on earth and goodwill toward men. Jesus Christ is the one who came to bring peace and to bring goodwill toward all mankind. Good news. A second picture found in the Bible of the gospel is that of a will. It's described as being a will. For example, over in the book of Hebrews, chapter 9, beginning in verse 15, listen to what the apostle wrote. And for this cause, he is the mediator of the New Testament, that by means of death, for the redemption of the transgressions that were under the first testament, they which are called might receive the promise of eternal inheritance. But where a testament is, there must also of necessity be the death of the testator. For a testament is a force after, not before, after men are dead. Otherwise, it is of no strength at all 
while the testator liveth. The, the, the gospel is described as being a will. Very likely, many of you that are watching the telecast right now have, have you, your will made out, your last will and testament. And, and so long as you are still living, that will cannot be enforced. But once you die, the will can be carried out. The wishes that you have written in your will will then be implemented. Jesus Christ died on the cross. When he did, he gave us his last will and testament. And we call it the gospel. It was the apostle Peter who first announced the conditions of that will on the day of Pentecost. And that's recorded in your Bible in the second chapter of Acts. And the conditions of the will are this, repentance and baptism, for the remission of one's sins, Acts 2.38. He said, they asked what they needed to do to be saved, and he said, repent and be baptized. I remember reading a sermon one time by a preacher of some description, and, and he was talking about the question that was asked on the day of Pentecost. And he got that right. He said, they asked, what shall we do? And his answer was, Peter told them to repent and believe, and you shall be saved. There's just one thing wrong with that. That's not what Peter said. Peter said, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the remission of your sins. And he announced those conditions on the day of Pentecost. And the conditions of that will must be obeyed. We do not have the right to change the conditions of the will. I read a story somewhere about a young woman whose father died and in his will, he left her a large sum of money. But one of the conditions of the will was that she must be 21 years of age. So when she reached her 21st birthday, she wanted her money. But there was another condition in the will, and she found out that not only must she be 21, she had to be married. It didn't take her very long to find some young man who was willing to say, I do. But there was yet a third condition of that will, and that was that the young man that she would marry when she was 21 must be a Christian. And it didn't take her very long to convince that young man that he needed to give his life to the Lord by being baptized for the remission of his sins. Now, you and I are not going to debate about whether the, the validity of that young man's conversion. But, but at least outwardly, they conform to the conditions of the Father's will. Now, now suppose we tried to find the conditions of God's will. Find the, the, the conditions of the last will and testament of Christ. What are those conditions? Well, we find that faith is one of those conditions. In John, the first chapter, verses 11 and 12, the scripture says he came to his own and his own received him not. But, but, but as many as received him, 
To them he gave the right to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name. And thus faith in him is a condition of his will. They had a right to become his child. But you can't become what you already are. So I know that just the fact that they believed on him did not mean that now they were his child. And there are two reasons for that. The Bible nowhere teaches that, and the Bible teaches that we're not saved simply because we believe. In James, the second chapter, in verse 24, the Bible says, you see then how that by works a man is justified and not, not by faith only. I don't know how any plain of the Bible could be, but faith is a condition of the will. Is faith the only condition of the will? No, because repentance of sin is a condition of the will. In Luke chapter 13 and verse 3, Christ said, I tell you nay, but except you repent, ye shall all likewise perish. In Acts the third chapter and verse 19, Peter said, Repent and be converted, that your sins be blotted out. There can be no conversion to Christ without repentance. So repentance of sin, the giving up of sin, is a condition of the Father's will. But are those the only two conditions of the will, faith in Christ and repentance of sin? That could not be the only two conditions of the will because confession of one's faith in Christ is a condition of that will. For example, turn over to Romans, the 10th chapter, and look in verses 9 and 10 of that chapter. For if thou shalt confess the, with the mouth the Lord Jesus, and shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. It's not enough to believe in Jesus, we must be willing to acknowledge who he is. We have an example of that in the 8th chapter of Acts when Philip the evangelist was teaching the man from Ethiopia. And the man from Ethiopia asked the question, Here's water, what doth hinder me to be baptized? Philip said, If thou believest with all of thine heart thou mayest. And he said, I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. So it's not enough to believe and to repent of your sins we must be willing to confess we believe. But are those the only conditions of the Father's will? They must not be, because baptism is a condition of His will. In Mark 16 and 16, Jesus said, He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. He that believeth not shall be damned. There are two conditions of salvation in that passage. That's faith and baptism. There's one condition of damnation, and that's unbelief. It would have been redundant for Jesus to have said, and he that believeth not and is not baptized shall be damned. Because it, you're damned or doomed or lost at the very point of your unbelief. You're condemned already, John 3.18. And so faith is a condition of the will. Repentance is a condition of the will. Confession of faith in Jesus is a condition of the will. And baptism is a condition of the will. Now, which one of those do you think you could leave off 
and obey the Father's will. Could, could you say, well, I'm not going to believe on Jesus, which means I'll not confess Him as the Son of God, but, but I'm still going to be saved. Someone says, no, Brother Lambert, you can't do that. You, you, couldn't, you wouldn't be carrying out the will of the Father if you were to leave off those conditions. Well, well suppose we decided that uh, you could leave off repentance. You could say you believe in Jesus, and you might acknowledge that, but you could just keep on doing the bad things you've been doing and never repent of them and never give them up. Somebody says, no, Brother Lambert, you can't do that. And neither can we leave off the command of our Lord to be baptized, to be baptized. I've heard people say that you, you, you don't have to be baptized to be saved. It's a command of God, they acknowledge. It's a command of the Lord but you don't have to do it in order to be saved. My friend, the Bible says in Matthew 7 and verse 21, not, not everyone that saith unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom of heaven, but he that doeth the will of my Father which is in heaven. Every command our God has given to us is a command that we must obey if we want to be pleasing unto him. Have you obeyed the will of the Father. Now picture number four of the gospel is a way of life. In Philippians 1:27, Paul said, only let your manner of life be as it becomes the gospel. To be as it becomes the gospel. The gospel is a way of life. It's a way to live every day. The gospel teaches us to worship God. It teaches us to help the poor. It teaches us to be kind, to be loving, to be forgiving. It, it teaches us the principles of Christ and how to live our lives. But in closing, the gospel is the power of God. Listen to Paul again. I'm not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God unto salvation. The power to save the world is not in a man. The power to save the world is not in some television program. The power to save men and women, boys and girls, is in the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. And I'd urge you to obey the gospel, obey the Father's will. Now in the closing moments of our telecast today, I'd like to give you a very personal invitation to visit the Church of Christ in your community. You will find people who believe the gospel, who have obeyed the gospel, who are trying to preach the gospel to other people. Good news is needed today, and I want to urge you to visit the Church of Christ at your earliest convenience. If you're not sure where it's located, call us. We'll help you find it. And now pick up the telephone and call for the Bible course. I want to thank you for watching today. And until we meet again, may the Lord bless you and keep you, is my prayer. Getting to Know Your Bible has been presented by Churches of Christ. If you have a question about the church, or if you would like the location of a Church of Christ near you, or to receive the free Bible course, 
right to Getting to Know Your Bible, Post Office Box 314, Somerdale, Alabama 36580, or call 1-877-711-5214. Join us next time for Getting to Know Your Bible. Oh,